1: feeling about
0: this welcome to episode 345 of Blue Harvest I'm your host Halls Burkhardt and I'm your host Will Whitten. how you doing buddy how's it going
4: I'm hanging in there.
0: Yeah. I shouldn't complain. Me too, buddy. You know that that poster with the cat hanging? You know not hanging, yeah. but like holding on with his paws. And it says, hang yeah. in there.
4: Hang in there. That's me, buddy. Hanging in That's there. That's what it feels like sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh so I heard somebody say hanging on like a hair in a biscuit. And okay. I thought that was pretty appropriate. Man, is there
0: There's not much more horrifying food-related than going out and getting food or having food delivered or picking up food. And you're so excited. Like, oh, I've been waiting for this. And then there is a hair in it. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Man. Man. That is one of... Whatever the li- opposite of life's little pleasures is, that's the complete opposite of that.
4: Yeah, yeah, a horror.
0: Yeah, one of life's little horrors,
4: man. And I can uh, I see I saw a horror picture of like somebody's DoorDash where they had a burger and it just had like one giant bite taken out of it. You know, it's like whoever uh. made it took one. Or whoever brought it, it could have been whoever made it. Didn't have like I. Like, you assume the Doordash person did it, but like, you don't know. Like, technically, whoever made it could have took a big bite out of it and then put it in the box for the Doordash person to deliver. Um, Good bit of setup. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is a a fucking Sawyer
0: style long con right there. Yeah, right. Um, this one time we ordered food, right, and we got Mexican food. And buddy, you know mm-hmm. how much I love Mexican food. And one, of my, I do, in fact. One of my favorite things about Mexican food is the chips and salsa. Maybe even a little queso, right? Because yeah. you get to have chips and salsa as an appetizer, then eat your meal, then you have chips and salsa for dessert. Yeah, so we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I like that. So we order, right? I get my chorizo tacos. Ah, fuck it. Let's throw some queso in there too. It's a queso night for sure. Yeah. Uh, food gets here. Oh, boy, am I excited. Grab it off the front porch, unpack everything. Oh, that's weird. The queso's not here. Well, there's salsa here, but there's no chips here. Turn around and look out the door. The DoorDash driver or Uber Eats or whoever it was, still in our driveway. And I was like, oh, maybe they just forgot to bring that in. Maybe that was in a separate bag. So I open the door, go out onto the front step area to see them with their dome light on, chowing down. On oh, on awesome. your
4: chips and queso! <laughs> and oh awesome. my goodness! And
0: then they see me and peace out like deuces. Oh no! Peace out. <laughs> Ain't that fucked up? That's real fucked up. I think that's. I mean, you know, besides the occasional missing item or wrong item, I think that's really the only real bad food delivery thing that's ever yeah. happened around here. <clears throat> um. So. We have, there's a story this week with Star Wars that I find absolutely fascinating, so I can't wait to talk about it with you. And of course, we're going to hear from our moisture farmer friends. We got a a good many voicemails this week. You guys really came through. You know, we appreciate that. Um, Before we jump into that, though, how about you follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You're going to want to follow us on Twitch and also go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which you can find by just searching Blue Harvest Podcast. There's also links in the description for all of this because Will and I are going to be doing another live stream. We're going to be live streaming on May the 5th for our seven year anniversary of the podcast. It's going to be great. Mark your calendars, May the 5th, Blue Harvest live stream. We did one last year. I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that, so. I did um, too. I'm looking forward to doing it this year. Hopefully uh, Rick or, or nobody else has any fucking really terrible pictures of me floating out there that I'll be inclined to show off in the stream. But we'll be live streaming on our YouTube channel and on our Twitch channel. So go ahead and subscribe and follow us on both of those. And when we get closer, which I mean it's not that far away, it's a couple of weeks away. Um but closer to the day or by next episode, I'll uh, let you guys in on exactly what time we'll be streaming and stuff. Probably around 9:30 Central, 7:30 Pacific, 10:30 Eastern. So that is the plan and uh, we'd really appreciate it if you guys stop by and hang out with us absolutely uh, also um if you really enjoy the show and you want to support us check us out on patreon patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast you can go you sign up and for as little as three dollars a month you'll get access to all of our patreon bonus shows uh, most recently we have a brand new episode of oh no it's Hall solo where I took topics and uh, questions from our patrons. There's some real fun ones in there. Mm. Um, uh, we have Cooking with Will. We have the As Yet Untitled, but basically titled Because of the Poll Results show with our buddy Johnny Grosso, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, Podula Rosso with Emily Lind, Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom, uh immediate reactions to bad batch mandalorian book of boba fett um blue harvest adventures so much so much available over at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast almost got through it almost got through it patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and a big shout out to all our patrons. You guys are the best, and we've we've picked up a couple of new ones. So howdy to you guys too! Oh, that's great. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> so, buddy, one of our things that we love talking about here at Blue Harvest are Star Wars video games. Mm, boy, and since the uh, creation of this podcast, it has been a rough road, <laughs> right? getting Star Wars video games in our grubby little hands.
4: Because there's been several even canceled yes. in that time. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. EA has canceled Scrapped.
0: two, three, four. Who knows how many EA has canceled. Mm-hmm. But in the last year or so, um we've been getting news on other developers that are going to be working on Star Wars video games because EA's exclusivity uh, is up at the, at some point next year in 2023. Um, and this week we got the announcement of a another quote unquote brand new Star Wars game. So let me give you the lowdown. This comes from starwars.com. A new Star Wars adventure is on the way from one of gaming's most acclaimed creators Skydance New Media today announced a collaboration with Lucasfilm Games to develop and produce a narrative driven action adventure game featuring an original story in the Star Wars galaxy. Helming Skydance New Media is award winning writer and director Amy Henning, a game industry legend whose credits include the blockbuster series Legacy of Kane, Jack and Daxter, and Uncharted. I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indelibly, said Henning, president. I'm elated to be working with Lucasfilm Games again to tell interactive stories in the galaxy that I love. Any of that sort of ring a bell with you, buddy.
4: I remember that Amy Hennig had, a, had a, a open world kind of game. The rumor was that it had been canceled. So I don't believe it was open world. So one of oh, the, well, oh.
0: one of the big, <coughs> b- big disappointments uh, in, in one of the games that we had the most information about that was canceled was being developed by Visceral Studios, which was a studio under EA they were the studio, uh, I think you would most famously attribute the Dead Space series to them. They were working on a Star Wars game, which we saw the, the tiniest little clip of uh, during E3, I think. Maybe an E an EA E3 presentation. That game ended up getting canceled. Uh, and it was being helmed by Amy Henning. And later there was a lot of information and reports about what this game was going to be. It was called its code name was project ragtag. You know, it was going to take place, uh, prior to a new hope. You're going to be sort of a smuggler swashbuckly type guy character. And it was going to be basically star Wars uncharted, right? Yeah. Um, which sounds awesome. That is, uh, Definitely a game series that uh, I could see Star Wars taking some inspiration from and doing something really cool. And this game was pretty far along in development. There were like concept arts that were leaked and all kinds of crazy shit from this game. And, um, you know, unfortunately, not only did the game get canceled, but Visceral Studios, who was developing the game with Amy, Amy Henning they were completely closed down. So not only was the game canceled, we lost a really cool fucking video game studio in the process. Right. Um, so this news comes out, right? And Rick Villanueva hits me up. King Tom hits me up. Bunch of people hit me up. And in the, the question that everybody seems to be asking is, do you think this is going to be a revival of project Ragtag? Because it would make sense, right? Like Amy Henning, Star Wars, that's what she was doing with Star Wars before. So could it be possible that that is what she's going to be doing? Um, and not long after the announcement, <clears throat> some news came out courtesy of a site called Dual Shockers that basically said that yes, this is a revival of ragtag. And uh, that is the direction this game's going in. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Like, cause I remember how bummed I was that that game got canceled. Cause you know, at that yeah. point when it got canceled, we had not gotten Jedi Fallen Order. I don't even know if Battlefront Two was. That. I think Battlefront and Battlefront Two were all we had gotten from the EA uh, Star Wars partnership right right so it was. It really sucked because this was going to be the first sort of narrative driven single player um, game coming for Star Wars in quite a while in fact it wasn't until Jedi Fallen Order that we got one of those <laughs> so uh, it's really it, like crazy it's crazy and I remember a few months back they announced that skydance the same company that amy henning started was working on some sort of marvel game with disney and i remember reading that and i was like oh man that's cool like i like marvel uh but that's a shame because you know she was working on a star wars game and uh it's a shame that now like since that boat has sailed now she's on to working on some some sort of marvel property but i guess i didn't need to be bummed Cause it all came first circle and full circle. And here we are. Um, here we are. That means as of right now, just announced right from, um, Lucasfilm games and other studios. We have the open world star Wars game being, uh, produced with Ubisoft and massive games. We have Jedi Fallen Order 2, or whatever it's going to be called, coming from Respawn. We have some sort of uh, strategy Star Wars strategy game come from, coming from Respawn. Some sort of first-person shooter coming from Respawn. So EA clearly were like, damn, <clears throat> you guys knocked it out of the park with Jedi Fallen Order. Why don't we just let y'all handle the fucking Star Wars side of things? <clears throat> so we got <clears throat> those four games. And now this Skydance game. Can't think if there's anything else. Surely, surely, don't think there's anything else that might be coming from a dickhead or something. But so four Star Wars games, and that's not even counting the non-related Lucasfilm game partnership games that are coming. There's a um a Indiana Jones game and a, a brand new Monkey Island game. So Lucasfilm games, like even though they aren't you know, hands-on making the games themselves. But since they started that division to handle working with all their gaming partners, they have really been making these deals and getting shit going.
4: Yeah. They are very good at collaboration. It would seem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, obviously most of this stuff is probably still a little whiles away except for the sequel to Jedi fallen order. Um, Oh, and I totally forgot the remake of Knights of the Old Republic that Aspire's doing. So there's five. Oh, right. Yeah. Five upcoming Star Wars games. Man, it is. we are close to being in like the glory late 90s, 2000s era of Star Wars video games where there was just all kinds of them coming out. Maybe they weren't that great, but damn, did you have some options,
4: you know? It is interesting that we're coming from a time that was so bleak, not so long Mm -hmm. ago about star Wars games to, you know, the deck is flush, you know, with games that are going to be kick ass. Yeah. Hopefully,
0: you know, there's a lot of variables in game development, but the talent in the studios for the most part that they have enlisted. It makes me pretty hopeful, man. Now the question is like, does the fact that this is supposedly going to be a remake of a game that was in development for a while already, does that mean the development cycle of this is going to be a little shorter than normal?
4: Right? Because... It's, so, my question is, is Visceral Studios still active? No, Visceral Studios is shut has down. has been dissolved. So, EA would own that intellectual property. Everything... No where so where was all the data and everything that was at visceral well so
0: i don't know about i mean you know who knows like they may have even trashed all that like all the work the actual work that had been done the programming work yeah the 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 graphics programming
4: yeah the the storyboarding the all of it the The, design character
0: the thing about that is is like ultimately it's lucasfilm that owns all that stuff
4: right like so they have it still.
0: Yeah, like Lucasfilm could go and put Cal Kestis, you know, in an episode of The Mandalorian, and not have to be like, "Hey, EA, respawn. Is it cool if we do this?" No, they. So they at least own the, you know, that uh, that stuff. Whatever now, was made. Now, you know, was the thing is is I doubt they could just go in after three years, four years, however long it's been since that game was canceled. I doubt they could go in and just dust off the old hard drives and start from where they, they left off. Like for, for,
4: no, go ahead. ahead.
0: I was just going to say for one, you know, we're, we're already into the, uh, the next generation of consoles. So the graphics engine and things like that would need to be updated. But, you know, if they had the story mapped out completely if they had concept art all that stuff i would think would be that's a big part of the process that's already taken care of
4: that in my mind was why i was asking yeah. because that is that's the gold mine of information yes that is your springboard uh yeah you can't use the old code you know yeah. it, all that shit's dated so, yeah, now see the thing. Like, now you can hit the ground. Oh, I was going to say you can hit the ground running with the story and the characters mm-hmm. and build from there just fresh. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you know, just hit the story fresh with whatever you had and tell it now. Like you said, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is that will cut. <clears throat> I don't know if it'll cut the time down, but it it's a good place to start.
0: It's very likely that this game was. I don't I can't remember exactly if this is, was even information that came out, but. You know, at one point, EA was making all of their studios use their proprietary game engine, Frostbite. Uh Frostbite was the engine that uh, Battlefield is made on. And, you know, if you want to take that engine and make a Star Wars first-person shooter, that works pretty well. But when you have to take this engine that was made for a first-person shooter and then sort of bend it and tweak it and stuff to work with like an open world RPG like Dragon Age or Mass Effect you can run into yeah. some problems it's probably very likely that given when project Ragtag was being worked on that it was probably being developed in Frostbite right that's a proprietary right. engine that EA owns so that fact probably means like even if they wanted to go get the old old code and and stuff like that—that that would probably prevent them from being able to do that. Right. So, some interesting ins and outs. But I'm really excited. I'm glad to see this come about and her get another shot. Because there were some post-shutdown um, of visceral articles and interviews she did, and she seemed really bummed <laughs> about the whole cancellation and stuff. So,
4: right. I can't wait. Uh, I And I mean, that lady's smart. I guarantee she has all her old development notes from the time. So, like, uh, yeah. uh, it, it's all in her head, you know?
0: Yeah, like, you know, I would think the conceptual phase of this game, if it is, like, you know, there's no saying for sure whether it is just them bringing that project back from the dead. But if that is the case, you'd have to imagine the conceptual phase. That will be much shorter than usual because a lot of that work was already done because they were well into development when it was canceled. Right. Right. Um, but I guess we'll see, I guess time will tell, uh, I'm terrible at this kind of thing. So I can't even like speculate on when this could possibly be released. I, you know, it would still be post next year because the EA exclusive exclusivity has to run out um but i guess we'll know before too too long
4: we're so uh, saying earliest could be 2024 2025
0: yeah earliest <coughs> would be 2024 i kind of wonder if ubisoft will have their big open world game out by then because the same studio that's working on that game massive games has an avatar game that has been consistently delayed And has been in the works forever. And the reason it's been delayed is because that stupid fucking Avatar sequel has been delayed over and over again. And that supposedly that motherfucker is coming out in December. So I think that Avatar game will be out, you know, sometime this winter. And it might Mm -hmm. be a good indicator of what type of Star Wars game that studio is gonna be doing. Right. So. Uh, did did you ever play any of the Legacy of Kane games? You know, it mentioned that she was she was involved in Legacy uh, of Kane, uh, Ratchet and Clank and I
4: did. Ratchet. I had tooled around. Was that on Dreamcast? There so they
0: were multi-platform from what I can remember. Uh-huh. Like I think I played the original Legacy of Kane on the original PlayStation, I think, and then Soul Reaver was its sequel, and I played Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver 1 and 2, maybe both on PlayStation, and those probably would have been the ones that came out on Dreamcast, maybe, or Legacy of Kane Blood Omen, I can't remember. It was like a a pretty long-running sort of medieval vampire Fantasy game series that ran for quite a while and then just kind of disappeared.
4: Yeah, yeah. I remember Legacy of Kane. I, uh, e- either late high school or early college, uh, maybe early high school still. I can't remember really vividly, but I do remember playing it once or twice. I never got into it. It was always, you know, like there are all these great games growing up that mm-hmm. I only really got to play at a buddy's house because I only had a handful of games. Yep. Same. You know, my kid has access to so many video games he'll be like oh, I'm done playing that you' like buddy you played that for like two minutes and, uh, and just thinking back to when I was a kid like and I was like oh, it's because I only had three or four or five games mm-hmm. you know you played what you had you couldn't just pick on board of this one yeah and you
0: know I my parents would uh, allow me to rent games so that's where I got a lot of my gaming experience you know the old two dollar rental for a weekend of a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo game. Um, and the legacy of cane games were purely rental fodder. Like, I don't know that I ever owned one, but I definitely rented them and played them. <clears throat> um, you actually texted me, um, one of my favorite sort of quote unquote, uh, Star Wars stories of the week and that's about our old buddy Hayden Christensen and it is wholesome as fuck (laughs)
4: it is it really is it made me smile
0: do you want to tell everybody what it is
4: oh well from my understanding it's just that in preparation for his role as you know Anakin Darth Vader in the upcoming Kenobi miniseries that he binge watched the entirety of Clone Wars to prepare Uh, just to see what I I assume his character had been up to and doing in between where we left off with Revenge of the... I mean, uh, in between Clone Wars and uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like, man, boy, do I like the mental image of Hayden like in his his comfy clothes watching Clone Wars. Man, do you think... Yeah,
4: and I... It's got to be honoring to watch your likeness, even though digitally and, you know, animated, the likeness of you and your voice, you know, recreated for the enjoyment of children. Yeah. And everybody and not just kids, but, you know, I I assume that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. And well, not just that, like. Like,
1: I
0: I, I wonder because I really do feel like Clone Wars specifically really helped edge uh, like soften the edge of the prequel hate that you and I lived through the, yeah. the bulk of, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, like even like, and th- I never hated the prequels. I enjoyed the prequels, but the clone wars like made my, uh, appreciation of those three movies grow even more than are they already were. Right. So
4: like, yeah, I wonder it if did he knows the, that. I, it, it, for me and the people that watch it got the opportunity to see it, two things that were really important and kind of missing from that prequel trilogy. When you kind of think about it, the, the extended humanization of Anakin mm-hmm. through his righteousness and efficiency really as a Jedi Knight during the Clone Wars. Um, He's he's really human, you know. You get to see the conflict happen within him, and then you get to see the slow burn towards it, flipping to a Sith. Yeah, you know that seems so abrupt in the movie. It makes it it makes a lot more sense, and you get to see some of that foreshadowing transition. and intensity. Yeah, transition. Yeah, before it just kind of flips right there in that one scene for me. Uh, And and those are and those are really two important elements of Anakin that I really like that I got to see from the Clone Wars and his bond with Mm Obi-Wan, you know, the the brotherhood kind of bond with Obi-Wan.
0: And like so this whole story comes from an Entertainment Weekly article and Christensen, Hayden Christensen had this to say. They did a lot with those characters in those shows and they did further explore the relationship. There was interesting stuff in there to learn about. It was great fun getting to go back and reimmerse yourself in this world that just continues to grow and become more and more vast. And I do find it interesting. Like, you know, obviously Hayden is going to be in Obi-Wan. But I think we talked about it on the show. It's also kind of rumored that he might be part of the Ahsoka show. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some valuable homework to be done watching clone wars. If you're going to be in that show too. Right. So true. I kind of left Ahsoka out of that whole thing
4: earlier, but it's relevant more now than ever.
0: Yeah. and, And I would almost guarantee you almost guarantee you that if Hayden is in fact in the Ahsoka show that, you know, a year from now, year and a half from now, whenever that we're leading into the premiere of that show, I bet you that there's another article that is like, Hayden Christensen watched all of the Clone Wars <laughs> leading up to yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah, right. And you think he ever watched that and, and was like, you know, he's at home by himself criticizing Matt Lanter. Lanter I think that's how you say his Matt name. Lanter. The guy that does so,
4: Anakin's voice. Like, I don't sound like that. I don't hear it. Um, I wouldn't deliver like, that it? line that way. <laughs> I don't, that's not me. I mean, it's him. It's Anakin, right? But it's not. It's not me. <laughs> and from what I understand, he's a farmer nowadays. Maybe, man. I think he works. I think he works on the. I think he lives and works on his own farm. I wonder what he's farming. I don't know.
0: I can't remember. Maybe it's a ranch. Maybe he's just got livestock. It may have pigs or something. Yeah, cows. It would be cows, real fucking sheeps. cool be real fucking cool if he had like emus and like llamas alpacas or llamas like something a little more exotic you know what i mean like much love carrots cabbage and llamas much love to our swine and bovine farmers out there if we got any listeners but like come on you gotta admit alpacas emus that is that is some kind of ranch right there
4: it is i used to grow in with one of the weird things growing up is that there was like an alpaca emu ranch like going into town in rural huntsville like oh really living just outside of huntsville yeah and when you drove past you could see them i think alpacas are so know. fucking cool they were either alpacas or llamas they may have been llamas but either it, way. it's hard for a, you know a little 4-year-old me to tell the difference I remember the emus, though. The emus weren't nice. No, the emus can fuck right the fuck
0: off. There's there's something terrifying about them. Like, we went to that drive through safari they're, a couple they're years They're dinosaurs ago. still. Yeah, there's something very dinosaur and evil. Like, you can look into their fucking avian eyes and just see hate. Just fucking pure, burning hate. And, like, yeah. I mean, they once ruled the planet. You got fucking some food pellets that they may want, but, like, They don't like you like the cows and stuff. You get a vibe that they're like, hey man, thanks for the food. I kinda like you. The emu the emu, I got the fucking got the vibe that they were like, If you didn't have these food pellets, I'd be drinking your blood.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Poor Liam, he was so brave. We went to a drive through zoo and it was one of the emus, like he gave him a handful of food and then the emu like bit him in the face, like right on the nose, like it was I guess he was just mad that he didn't have more or you know
0: full of hate
4: those buckets. He emus. wasn't he wasn't in the emu's face. Like he was way back. That emu came for him, like and he was upset and scared, but man, he was brave. He still fed animals after that. He was a trooper. My I was dude. impressed. I My thought dude. that was it. I was like, oh man, we gotta find the exit. He's done. <laughs> man. I you know what?
0: If I was in that car. I'd have been out lickety split two hands around that thin ass emu neck. You know, like the, like you would just hear, I
3: wouldn't
0: kill it like I don't have it in me to kill it but I'd learn it a lesson you know what I mean like he would be flapping around at a furious pace and he would be dangling from his neck as it gyrated
4: wildly like nah.
0: a pool no man. Nah, man you know i got that upper body strength i have to push my fat <laughs> ass around in a chair all day <laughs> let me get that fucking two hand
4: grip uh, yeah, around you that got two s- hands on him
0: ooh Ooh. His
4: legs will just be going. He'll be going in circles because you'll have him <laughs> pinned down. You know, legs
0: will just... you know how when Homer chokes Bart and the Simpsons,
4: that would be <laughs> what I would be doing. tongue pops out yeah. and wiggles.
0: Like I said, I wouldn't kill the emu, yeah. but the emu would not be assaulting my buddy Liam ever again.
4: He would get the Bart Simpson choke. i will put him in the
0: camel clutch and make him humble.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, you want to hear from some of our friends? Liam was brave, though. Yeah, I do. Let's do that.
4: Kia D! Kia
2: D! Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a
4: big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pun.
2: Kia D! Cockhead! Broke his cone and sucked on his balls, kid. Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Blue her Cockhead!
1: Harfburger.
2: Cockhead! Cockhead. We'll win. Cockhead! Goose Payne. Cockhead! G Money. Cockhead! King Tom. Cockhead! Joe. Cockhead! Kian Darkhead!
0: do you want to be part of the show send in a voicemail or an email to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com first up we have our good buddy the man who looks into the stars he gazes into the stars from his hammock and he astral projects into the future <laughs> He's like, um nam shiva um nam shiva. He fucking astral projects into the future of Star Wars and he comes back and he prognosticates it's King Tom, it's the king of all toms.
3: Hey, uh. hey there, Haw's and Will. It's that time of year again, so I'm coming to you from the great outdoors. However, the oh. hammock is not exactly usable right now. Uh, hopefully, it'll dry out soon because we've had. A lot of rain lately, Uh, but it's nice to be back. Uh, Anyway, there was an item in the news today about casting for the Acolyte, and I'm really excited about that series just because I think the dark side stuff is interesting and seeing how they're going to tie the High Republic in to... What we know, uh, the Phantom Menace, Old Republic era. I think that'll be really interesting. And by you know, by the time it airs, because I think it's supposed to shoot next year, by the time it airs, we might as well we might be done with the High Republic. Um, and I think it was implied in the article, and you know, I'm going to speculate because that's that's what we do here. Um, it was implied in the article that there's going to be more than one season, which makes me wonder how big of a story. It's going to be um, I know, at, at, you know, when we first Heard about the High Republic, my guess was We'll see the Sith somewhere In the shadows, kind of nudging things And guiding things along But in the High Republic We haven't seen anything like that yet I don't I don't think that's a bad thing Because the, the Nile Have been pretty good villains On their own uh, But I don't know, do you think The Sith have a place In the Acolyte show? I think if they're going to be putting something on Disney Plus, they're going to need something familiar for fans um, who might be casual, casual uh, Star Wars viewers or might not get the the idea of the High Republic. And I think that would be a good idea to use the Sith. I want to get your, your your guys' input on that, but also, you know, we don't know anything about the Acolyte yet. Really, do you think it would be appropriate? to use Sheev anywhere in it depending obviously on how close it is and I want to take that back a generation or two do you think it would be appropriate to use Darth Plagueis or you know someone who we find out is Plagueis's master or something like that what do you think of course it's probably going to be a wholly original story and everything I've heard about the show I like so I'm not complaining either way just speculating because That's what we do, and we're waiting on content. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. I will talk with both of you later.
0: Hmm. King Tom with a good question. So, yeah. Deep. I didn't really bring it up because despite the fact that it was a cool story and I'm very excited for that show, I don't know that there was necessarily anything that could have really fostered much of a conversation, right? Like, so the story was basically that they're casting – you know, uh, a male actor of a certain age, but only to appear in the first season. And then they're looking for a younger um, female actor to uh, possibly even twins. And it's probably one of those things where like, you have twins so you can get around like child labor laws. (laughs) You can work one for a little while and then you can work the the next one for a, a little while longer or whatever. Right. The old uh Olsen method of
4: acting. But I believe it was uh Big Daddy as well, I think they Yeah. Did that I'm on... They sure did. Um but yeah, I mean you kind of have to. I think they did in Ghostbusters too. In Ghostbusters too, I think the baby had a twin as well. well yeah. You just <laughs> can't work the kids for they can't be in the in front of the camera for too long cuz they get tired and worn yeah. out and shit. Uh, well, um but King Tom, he turns it around,
0: and he brings up some interesting speculation, some cock-a-duty speculation. So, like, that is where he is the king of all Toms, because he took this story where I was like, oh, that's really cool. I don't know that there's much more than, for me, than for me Will, the to say besides just the facts of this article, right? All um, right. First of all, I'm first of all, I'm not that surprised that it seems like this might be more than one season because I think you're seeing it with Marvel, I think you're seeing it with Star Wars on Disney Plus as well. Like, yeah, these limited series are great and they're very exciting, but it's also nice to have something that you can have multiple seasons of like The Mandalorian, right? <clears throat> I don't know that it's going to, but Moon Knight could potentially have more than one season. Um, right. You know, one division that seemed like a one season thing that then was going to lead into the next Dr. Strange movie, Falcon and the winter soldier, really nice mini series. That's leading probably into the next captain America movie, uh, and so on and so forth. Right. Right. So like I said, with star Wars, we've got Obi-Wan that's a limited series. We've got Cassian. That seems like it's going to be at least two seasons. Um, and by the time the acolyte is ready to come out, you know they probably want something else. That's going to be well. I mean, possible to have multiple seasons.
4: I, I think that's what people really want. I think part of the current frustration with Netflix is their uh, producing of only like one or two seasons of a show, right as it's building, mm-hmm. and then pulling the axe, and then there are all these people that really enjoy these shows. You know, it doesn't matter what they are. A lot of different people, you know, all these shows have fan bases that build and then they're left with nothing. You know, there's no resolution. Like, uh, that's really unfair. And one of the things that Disney currently is doing with these limited series is it being realistic about where they want to run, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. not trying to build a story that they have no intention of finishing just to bring subscribers. Like, in, in, there is intent with every single one of these processes and, you know, to have to be considered a successful show in, in the long run. I, I think in Hollywood, you know, even you want to have multiple seasons, like isn't seven seasons like the perfect number, you know, amongst critics? Uh, I
0: mean, th- that might have been how it was back in the day, but it's not anymore.
4: Right. You know, I I agree. But, I mean, mo- more than two or three seasons, like, is considered successful, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess it just really depends,
0: you know? Um, the thing I know that, it's about quality, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The thing I'm more concerned about than the number of seasons is, like, the quality and them getting to finish the story, right? That's what sucks yeah. about Netflix is it's not like... They're like, okay, well, this story of this show was done. No need to make more. Like, a lot of times the story is unrevol- unresolved and then they pull the plug. So,
4: yeah. Um, and there are so many. There are too many. That's really <sighs> inappropriate. I mean, not inappropriate, but like, I don't, know. I don't um, know. It's not considerate of your audience.
0: So, depending on when it takes place, and I can't remember exactly the time range of when the High Republic era begins and ends. But to me, I I get the feeling that it might be a little too soon to introduce Sheev. Now, Plagueis, on the other hand, I could see that being a possibility. And that would be cool. I had this
4: really dark, twisted horror twist on it, like if you want to hear that. Okay. Um, it It would be messed up if we see... This, you know, the High Republic story, and then there's kind of like a cut to current day, and it's Palpatine, like, extracting memories from Plagueis, who's, like, super old, and maybe there's only half of him left, like, on life support or something, you know, but, or he's just keeping his brain alive to extract memories, but you're seeing that pulled from you know, the show is what you're seeing pulled from his mind or something. Yeah. That would be super dark and not appropriate for Star Wars. Uh, but that's the only way I could think to put Sheev in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like The um, the
0: brain fart that I just had. the The name Acolyte definitely makes me think some sort of dark side focus to it. And mm-hmm. I do think it would be really cool because... Even though the Jedi think the Sith are extinct and aren't around during the High Republic era, they are. And it would be really cool to see what they were up to and and the strings they were pulling without revealing themselves to the Jedi.
4: Um, That's right. That's what I was going to say. Like It'd be cool to see them. And if if a Jedi has an encounter with a Sith, maybe he doesn't even really know it's a Sith. Or the Sith doesn't give himself away or right you know, or like the jedi doesn't any- make
0: it out alive
4: to tell anybody exactly exactly and uh, and i go for i it. would like to see some sort of distinction between what is a jedi's pull to the dark side versus what is sith mm-hmm. if sith is a corruption i think this would be an opportunity to to educate me on the difference between what is the pull to the dark side and what is the corruption of the Sith. Right. If we're going to go Sith focused.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, that that's always something that they could uh, establish a little more. Like what if, you know, in this show, Plagueis is the apprentice and we Ooh, see whoever Plagueis master is, or could it be that much like Palpatine Plagueis had multiple apprentices until he found the one that stuck? You know, so I hope that would be cool. I hope we get to see Plagueis. Like, I just think that would be cool. That's backstory that I, I would like to know. Um And I'm excited. I this that show is one of the ones I'm most excited for because it has the most potential to be the most new. Right? Like, look, I love The Mandalorian. I love Book of Boba Fett. You know I love that they're doing this big interconnected thing, but it's it's not necessarily showing us an unexplored time frame for the, i mean sort you know what I mean sorta it is it's post return of the jedi, but like this one has the it, most opportunity to be unique and be its right. own thing and be untethered
4: to where well, we have no idea what's going on in the galaxy, none yeah, in yeah. all the corners of it, you know,
2: yeah.
0: All right, let's uh, hear from Jim.
2: Good evening, Halls and Will. I had one random question for you. If
4: you could get a Skype call right now from anyone who's ever been in the Star Wars universe, who would you like to, you know, have on your podcast for a solid hour? Um, Any of the characters, by the way, I mean... Not the, uh, you know, directors and filmmakers, all that good stuff. Everybody knows it'd be George. I would love to listen to any podcast that could get him in a seat for an hour and ask them whatever they wanted about Star Wars. That'd be great. But all right, guys. Ignite the green.
0: You know, honestly, that's an interesting question. Like, he said we couldn't do any of the filmmakers and stuff. I don't know that I... I think I would be too awkward and nervous to talk to george lucas on the podcast like really yeah i don't think i would be i just i don't know man like
4: it would just take research
0: i'm telling you right now like i was awkward and nervous the first time we had steel on the podcast and he's a buddy of ours so like you know uh, and no offense to steel that ain't uncle george (laughs) that's quite a that's quite a magnitude bigger and like i've seen (laughs) steel interview Harrison Ford and all kinds of crazy folks. And he is cool as a cucumber. I mm-hmm. don't think I got that in me. Um, who would I you like you to have do. as a guest?
4: Oh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. That's Mark like the big Hamill. one, right? Like, I mean, not only would I want to talk about Star Wars, but I wouldn't want to talk about him being the Joker. I'd want to talk about Wing commander. Like I'd want to talk about Mark the Hamill, Guyver. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I would want to talk about all that shit.
0: Yeah. I mean that that would be Sequest? like quest, the big one because it's mark Hamill Harrison ford that that lay that way lies ruin, right, like
4: <laughs> I don't think Harrison Ford would enjoy being on our show. I'm no. glad he enjoyed being on Steele's show. I think we would irritate the shit out of him is well, why I
0: just well, like it was a it was like a red carpet interview that Steele did with him. It wasn't like a full oh, sit down podcast, but like. He made Harrison laugh like he he got the good Harrison. And I'm telling you right now, like, I'm a pretty good judge of character. Harrison Ford just wouldn't even like me as a person. So (laughs) I just know it, man. He'd be like, do you know how to fly? you know how to fly? I'd be like, nah, man,
4: too scared. Don't, not for me. He'd be like, "Mm." I'll tell you who would have been the best guest ever on Blue Harvest and who I would have voted for a permanent member. If she would have had, it would have been Carrie Fisher. Now that Carrie would Carrie Fisher fun. would have been stellar. Like. I mean,
0: you know, you know who I think I could get my shit together enough to talk to and who I think would be charming and fun and everything would be Timora Morrison.
4: Oh, yeah, you kidding me? And He's I'm, so gracious and I,
0: such a good dude. I'm talking a lot of shit like I would do all right and I know I wouldn't. I know I would fuck it up, but that would definitely be one. You know, Silas Carson, who played Kia D, that is literally wow. my biggest want. like he Above everybody else, right? Silas Carson, who played Kia D. Mundy, would be the number one. But then on the other hand, that could go real poorly too because, you know, and I've tried. I've tried a couple of different ways and I just don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know how you secure a guest like that. but
4: We need an agent. <laughs> we need our agent to call their agent. That's all it takes. <laughs> um,
0: it, that could also go real poorly where he's like, well, I'm scheduled to go on this show, Blue Harvest. Let me give it a listen, see what the show is all about. Then he hears a song about Kia D. Well, that's where,
4: in the approach, you send him... A couple episodes but it'll be something that no no there won't be anything offensive
0: yeah i mean the thing is is like you you would hope that he would be like damn these guys have made my tertiary star wars character the unofficial mo- podcast uh mascot of their show they beat the kiati mundi drum louder than anyone and they've got this hilarious song like you'd hope he would like think that was cool but yeah you don't want him
4: to be like oh this mockery makes me sick or yeah like uh, this is a very like fucking jeremy irons voice um you know i
0: think he counts because he's been he's been a vocal cameo and he was in costume kevin smith
4: oh that would be fun oh that's too perfect
0: that would be fun that'd
4: be podcast royalty
0: i might have been a little stony baloney one time and sent him a long uh, Instagram message asking him to come on the show, because like I said, oh, wow. I don't know how you do that sort of thing. <clears throat> um, but those are some of them that I think would be really cool. Warwick Davis seems like he would be cool, you know.
4: We gotta send him merch. You send him a Kia D Super Mario Three sticker, dude. That's your in right there.
0: Who Warwick Davis? Or Kevin Smith. Warwick
4: Davis and Kevin Smith. Both of them. Yeah. Dude, Warwick Davis is funny. Do you see the little skit he did with the Willow cast? Yeah. On Disney Plus?
0: Yeah. I think he he would... You know, uh, we had a run-in with him in the hallway. Like, I can't remember where we were going. We were trying to get from one building to another at Celebration. And a staff member was like, Hey, let me take you through. And they took us through this back hallway. And we're just going along. And sure enough, who's headed right towards us on a segue? But uh, Warwick Davis. And I think he could see the big fucking giant goofy grin on my face. And he was very polite. He was very nice. We talked for literally less than 30 seconds, but he was very
4: nice. Oh, good. That's great.
0: Uh, you ready for another voicemail? This is from our buddy, Mr. 100. Call Kobe! Me.
5: How's the world? It's your boy, Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. How's it hanging? Hopefully clean, of course.
0: Uh, you know it. Um, before
5: I get into my the yeah, Star Wars is. side of things, I, I got to make a quick note. Um, you guys were talking about 3D, 3D TVs last week, or last episode. Um, so, like, I do telecommunications work. That's my field that I work in. Um, uh, and then my dad did... Did a similar thing And he used to subcontract Through like hotels Hooking up cable TV systems But anyway When uh, work got kind of slow for that Kind of around that 08, 09, 2010 Kind of during the economic crisis That we were going through in America And I was you know I was like a 9, 10 year old kid During that time And um, my parents actually started A a business where they subcontracted Like Dish and Direct TV But my dad also sold TVs and stuff During that time Anyway not crazy important But giving you a little bit of a background So he was like one of the first people in our small, you know, South Dakotan area To have, you know, the high-tech The new, the new, you know, fancy new um, TVs and whatnot He got a 3D TV and he, he actually purchased one Like to take back to our house Not just to have it at our store um, And I remember he was so hyped for it He was like, you know, this is the future This is, you know, this is, this is crazy um, And I was a kid at the time And I just remember, like, him hooking it up Uh, That first time, you know, he brought it home, and it it was it was a pretty big one. I would want to say it was 50 to 60 inch at the time was pretty big. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's hooking it up and everything, and and telling us about it. And you know, it came with these fancy, the fancy 3D glasses. And I don't know, this one was a Sony. I don't know what what how they all were. I only really had experience with ours, but like they were like actually electronic glasses. Like you had to power them on and power them off. And it was just, I just remember we bought like Star, like the new Star Trek movie or something at the time that came out, just to just to watch on 3D. And I remember I was like eight or nine, I don't know how old I was. We we're watching this or whatever. And granted, I wasn't really a Star Trek fan, but um, I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm like dad, this is kind of lame. And He's like, yeah, this is pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his words are, yeah, this is pretty fucking lame. But anyway, that's my fun. 3D TV. It's just, I had not heard anyone talk about a 3D TV in like so long. I just, (laughs) it just kind of struck a chord with me. Anyway, on to the Star Wars stuff. Um, My question this week has to do with uh, the the Kenobi series. It's so close. I'm so juiced for it. I'm so amped. Um, My question is a speculation question. Let's do a little cock-a-doodie speculating. Um, As far as star wars tv series go and or you know the new stuff we've been getting recently um there's always going to be some big name cameo right everyone's everyone's expecting a big name cameo that we don't necessarily know about already um my question to you is is what episode do you think we see the first true big big name cameo Um, I believe there's six episodes, is that correct? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like three, I'm thinking three or four. I think they'll save like a big, big cameo, an unexpected cameo, I should say. I think they'll save that for around three or four. But that's my guess. What do you guys think? What what episode do you think we're seeing the big, like the Ahsoka and the Mandalorian or the Cad Bane and and Boba Fett? When do you think we're seeing that big whopper of a cameo? As always, you guys are the best. Uh, Keep it real as you always do and keep it clean.
0: Peace out. Have a good one. Ooh. So this this the is The realest. Cleanest. <laughs> the realest and the cleanest. Uh, this is an interesting question because uh I can't remember what his name is. It's the guy that's playing the Grand Inquisitor in Kenobi in an interview or something. I think this past week he mentioned that Star Wars fans would be delighted with like the Easter eggs and references and stuff that are in, in, uh, Obi-Wan. Oh, cool. Um, I kind of feel like he might be right. Like if there's going to be, I don't know that we'll necessarily get anything the size of an Ahsoka or a Boba Fett, but because it's a limited series, right? Like, um, but I could see, um, them doing something cuz you know your first two episodes you would hope they spend most of that time establishing setting up the story and stuff and getting the ball rolling without being like hey look at this it's Snaggletooth." um but three or four and i you i almost guarantee it'll be palpatine Really? That's what I think. I think there will be a a Palpatine cameo in Obi-Wan because it kind of just makes too much sense. Do you think Kenobi will talk to Puppet Yoda? Ooh. will commune with Yoda at some point. That's an interesting question. That could also be it and would be appropriate. Ooh. That's a good one, Will. <laughs> you know me, I love that shit. Yeah. That's a real good one, buddy. Yeah.
4: Noted in the last Jedi was on point. Well, just the
0: Yeah. I could see that happening for sure. For sure I could see that happening. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh this is a email, and this comes from Kevin. Hey, Blue Harvesters. There's been some messages recently about the likelihood of Kenobi interacting with some obscure characters in the upcoming series. Have been considering (laughs) these for a while and keep forgetting to message you, so here goes. What about these maybe more straightforward characters? Oh, okay. Watto. Living on Tatooine. I don't think we see here anything about him not being around anymore in the prequels. Dexter Jetster. Looks like Ko- Kenobi is heading to a Coruscant esque planet. Reckon we'll see him meet up with his old mate, <laughs> Walden Kitster. <laughs> and seems pretty likely we'll see Luke. Wouldn't mind seeing his pilot piloting skills on the show somehow. Don't really see don't really need to see him bullseyeing womp rats, though. Disney has started to incorporate a few touches of prequel love in recent series. Hopefully this might continue with a series that nicely bridges the prequels and the original trilogy cheers gents love your work
4: kev thanks kev um so Um, i would love to see young luke give obi-wan a ride to anchorhead or something like that and it'd be like a really fast butt clinching ride for kenobi i don't so i think so we saw
0: luke right we saw luke in the trailer Right. I know
4: I, I know we won't get that, I, but it would be fun.
0: I kind of feel like that is going to be sort of the extent of the Luke we get because there's enough dialogue in A New Hope that at least establishes that Luke knows who Obi-Wan is. He's familiar with him. Maybe they've but interacted at some point, but they're not yeah. well acquainted, right? So it's not like, so, but I, I do think I, th- I don't know that that scene of Luke in the trailer is the only time we see Luke, but I think it will be one of the only times we see him. Um, right.
4: Wado- I would also love to see Dex slinging Chow on that Hong Kong planet, mm-hmm. you know, coincidentally. Uh, so his two,
0: re- his two questions of Watto and Dexter Jetster, I love both of those. Absolutely plausible. Yeah, but I could see... I mean, obviously, just given the setting for the show and where Obi-Wan is, I think Watto is the more likely. But I would be so excited if... Like, maybe even before he makes it to that other planet, Obi-Wan's like, shit. You know who could really give me some information on this is my old buddy Dex. I wonder where he is. And you'd have to imagine that story-wise you don't want obi-wan going back to coruscant right because Mm -mm. bad too hot too hot hot. it's like trying to break into the military base on gta 5 immediate five stars right
4: (sighs) yeah
0: um but there's no saying that dexter jetster getting have set up his uh his eatery his diner on another planet is slop shop. I'll be that ain't one.
4: crazy? <sighs> you know, I just had a thought. One of the things that kind of excites me about the High Republic era, seeing a show then, is seeing the planets that far back in time. Mm-hmm. You know, Mandalorian will be Mandalorian will be completely different. Tatooine might still be green. Mm-hmm. Like Tatooine no. might not be a desert planet. That seems too.
0: Close, because the High Republic is only like maybe 150, 200
4: years before a phantom, the Phantom Menace. Like I thought, someone from that Sand People tribe mentioned being able remembered. No, he didn't remember.
0: The, he didn't remember. He just knew about it from like okay, you know their stories, their stories in their history and stuff, and their lore. right. Okay, right. Yeah, to me, like unless <laughs> in the. <laughs> And I don't know that I want to see this, but, like, in Acolyte, we see whatever turns Tatooine into a desert planet from, uh, you know, a green mm-hmm. planet that has oceans and shit. Unless they do something like that. Um, I don't know. I hit a brain fart again. All right, let's hear from Jacob.
6: Hey, fellas. What's going on? Uh, your guys' discussion about, you know, the different subgenres of metal got the old mind grapes a-churning. <laughs> and uh, it really got me thinking, you know what? Metal music it has a magic to it, just the same as Star Wars has a magic to it. And they're actu- the fan bases of both are actually quite similar. Both like to uh, argue about the little you know, nuances, the stuff that, you know, really doesn't matter, the different labels for the different subgenres of metal, blah, blah, blah. The, this metal band sold out. Star Wars fans are the same, you know. they Some fans only like the original movies. Some think, you know, the sequels essentially are, you know, sellouts, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it got me thinking, you know, your guys's podcast it kicks off with the fine riffage of uh stone cobra and uh that was one of the first impressions i thought about your guys's podcast uh the stoner metal genre if you could call it that is one of my favorite subgenres of metal so the first time i heard stone cobra i'm like all right kick ass and then i heard you guys talk i'm like all right these guys kick ass. They got a great vibe to them. They, you know, love Star Wars. And, uh, you know, I there's, there's a magic to metal. There's a magic to Star Wars. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you guys for uh, being fine stewards of, you know, just being awesome dudes and uh, keep kicking ass. Um, and then just to leave it off, um, what moment in star wars for you guys are you just like god that is so kick-ass that is so metal you know some you know a scene happens in one of the movies or shows and you're just like you can just picture a monster riff you know just a beautiful guitar riff right behind that moment and you're just like god damn that is so metal all right, I'll check you guys later take it easy
0: Oh. Most metal moments in Star Wars, he asks. I like that. Um Well, I'll tell you what. You know what uh what scene from Star Wars the uh our opening theme song syncs with really well. I know it cuz I did it as an experiment and posted it on our Twitter years ago. Uh is the throne room scene from mm. The Last Jedi. Uh mm-hmm. Synced up real well. Um, I think that scene's pretty fucking metal. I mean, Snoke gets bifurcated. All right. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think the opening of the Rise of Skywalker with Kylo on Exegol fucking discovering the Emperor in his weird Hellraiser get up, Hellraiser machine that he's fucking floating around on, I think that's pretty metal. Mm
4: Um, uh, the scene where in the Battle of Hoth, right in the end, where it's kind of lost and Vader and the troops like take the base.
0: Oh, where they're that's pretty fucking metal. Through, marching through the
4: base, uh, yep. Boba
0: riding the Rancor in the last episode of Book of Boba.
4: Oh yeah! Uh,
0: Din Djarin in that episode of The Mandalorian where he goes into that, uh, or in Book of Boba when he goes into the meat packing plant pretty metal. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I think when Obi-Wan lops off Ponda Boba's arm, that's pretty fucking metal. Pretty, pretty metal. Like that's one of the moments where my eyes, like as a kid where I'm like, my eyebrows shut up. I was like, Oh shit.
0: It just got real in here. It did. It did in fact get real. Um, shit, man. That uh, there's, uh, I gotta say, even though in both versions, it's not accompanied by very metal music the Ewoks using the stormtrooper helmets and shit as drums Mm -hmm. at the celebration on indoor pretty metal, right?
4: Um, pretty metal.
0: I got to tell you, Luke talking shit to Jabba while he's on the gangplank and then (laughs) doing the fucking triple Lindy back twist to grab the lightsaber and then lightsaber and pretty metal, a pretty fucking metal. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Grabbing Leia, (laughs) kicking the cannon into the... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, All right. Let's hear from Josh.
2: Hello there, Hawes and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh Wright. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are staying warm. We recently had three inches of snow uh, over the weekend here in the Detroit area. Um, What snow? We're used to getting snow in April around here, but... <laughs> this late and this much. Not good. Um, don't like it. Cannot recommend Zero Stars. Um, anyway, um, I had a question for you guys um, about the High Republic. Now, we recently, of course, came to the end of phase one of the High Republic. Um, we're going to be getting into phase two, the prequel phase, um, in not too long. Um, and I, I haven't read everything um in the in the high republic uh series so far i understand that you guys probably haven't read everything either uh, but that said um i want to know where you guys thought or, or where you guys think this whole high republic thing is going um, i'm seeing a lot of talk online of people assuming that the acolyte's gonna be the climax of it all and it's gonna involve darth Plagueis uh somehow and thus connect to palpatine and the and the prequel trilogy. Um, on the other hand, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, Star Wars stories without the Skywalkers involved. I love Luke and Leia, um I'm a huge original trilogy uh fan, but um it's it's nice to have a kind of a different cast of characters and um that doesn't necessarily tie in I'm kind of enjoying that anyway I wanted to know what you guys thought uh, where um, where you think it's all heading as I said before and maybe where you'd like to see it um, head um, kind of what direction you would like to see it go in and how you would like to see it uh, wrapped up at some point So hope you guys are doing it well I know you're keeping it clean I Know it. may the force be with you
0: um, we might have to start uh, getting Josh and King Tom to have prognostication <laughs> battles. fusion Squad, yeah, because like he kind of uh, kind of hit on what King Tom asked and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the High Republic. I am definitely not caught up. I'm so far behind. I need to do that. I need to get caught up. Uh, And from what I understand, like the second phase that is going to start soon goes back in time, like maybe 50 years previous to all the stories that have been told before. So they're doing like a real George Lucas thing where they, you know, tell a story set in this timeline, then they're going to go back. I have a feeling and I'm almost pretty sure (laughs) that they've said the Acolyte takes place towards the end of the High High Republic era. So, I think for all intents and purposes, that is going to be sort of the end point, rather. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. And what could potentially be really cool about that, and it would be tough to pull off in a way where people that have read all the High Republic stuff are like, oh, that's really fucking cool. And people that haven't read it aren't lost. But if all these High Republic stories that have been coming out through the publishing side of things serve as like the series lore and Bible for Acolyte and backstory and stuff. But I won't lie. Like part of me really hopes we see the Nile, the, the villains of the high Republic stuff. I would love to see them in live action. Um, So that would be cool. But I don't really know otherwise. I I have a feeling that like once the second phase is done, then the third phase will probably go back to following up from the stuff in the first phase. So chronologically, it would be kind of phase two, phase one, phase three, right? Kind of like how Star Wars did. Original trilogy, sequel trilogy, sequel trilogy. So, just generally, that's kind of where I think it's going to go. But other than that, that, I'm not quite sure. And part of that is because I am not caught up on all those books.
5: Yeah, I, I haven't even
4: started. I just like the idea of an era of Star Wars where I have no idea what's happened. Yeah, yeah, like and the... I think they're trying to generate interest for it. You know, I assume that's what the difference between Phase One and Phase Two are—is laying the groundwork and then. Trying to phase two, maybe trying to generate interest for all the people that maybe hadn't been able to keep up with the groundwork. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is,
0: I think it's fucking cool. And uh, I, much like Josh, I I do part of the reason I enjoy so much of it is because it's not Skywalker focused and or even you know established character focused. It's it's all new characters mm-hmm. and there's a couple like you know obviously Yoda's around at that time. Yariel poof. Um. Okay, we got two more voicemails, and then we'll call it a night. First up, we've got one from Utah. Utah. Oh. Dougie.
4: Hosmil, this is Dougie. So, um, you know, Luke, he uh, had a lot of Sith lightning.
2: Uh, Yoda some Sith Lightning Obi-Wan he fell from a, a great great distance um
4: you know several people have lost a limb
6: in the Star Wars universe to be replaced with modifications and uh don't know if you can tell where I'm going with this
4: uh, hashtag make Windu happen peace <laughs>
0: I didn't know where he was going with it. I'm telling you I'm telling you it's gonna happen eventually. Like, they can't help themselves to a certain degree, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't know like even and by the way, even under Uncle George's stewardship, they couldn't help make they couldn't help it help themselves. They brought Darth Maul back and that motherfucker got cut in half. So Right.
4: um, And I'm like, if you off a Jedi Master in a fairly, I don't want to say mundane, but I'm saying survivable for a Jedi Master way, it leaves some doubt. Like, because if Darth Maul can survive and he ain't even a Jedi Master, he's just half a man. Like, well, shit, what can a Jedi Master survive?
0: Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, he got his hand cut off. He got some force lightning. Mace Windu, uh, I mean Samuel L. Jackson has talked about it. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine, much like how um New McGregor said that like in interviews, he talked about like, yeah, I would I would play Obi Wan again. And then Lucasfilm pulled him aside and was like, Are you serious? Cause uh if you are, we could work something out. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised if it happens. no and clearly it would make our buddy dougie very happy and our buddy evan so you know what fuck it i'm down with it fucking do it all right we got one more this is from sean
1: hey buddies hope y'all are doing well i just got back from a trip to the florida panhandle sponsored by Flones. and while i was there i was like you know what I haven't sent those boys over at Blue Harvest an overproduced voicemail full of meta jokes in a while. I should do that when I get back. So, here I am calling with one of those very things. Well, sorry about the noise in the background. I'm just preparing for my big 2023 trip. Yep, all I can do right now is, is pretty much tell everybody I'm American and that Tanaka is a student. I'm really looking forward to the trip, and uh, now seems like the right time to to fill uh, all you guys in on it. Are you ready for the big vision? It's, it's great. I'm waving my arm in the in the air right now. See the vision, see the big vision. Just, just buckle in, here we go. 2023, Blue Harvest, Moisture Farmers, Tokyo Meetup. Here we go. Oh yeah, baby. You heard me all right. Blue Harvest, Tokyo World Tour of Brilliance in 2023. Now, I know what you've said previously about how you don't think you'll be able to make this dream happen, but don't worry, buddy. I got it all sorted out. Got lots of ideas. Here we go. Smooth sailing. All we got to know now is who wants the aisle and who wants the window seat. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Are you ready to hear how we're going to make this dream a reality? Are you ready? I need you you to buckle in. I'm ready. Because here's how we're going to do it. Blue Harvest! NFT's Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah, buddy You better grab some moon pies and peach knee highs Because it's time to strap in We're going to the moon NFT, 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 NFT,
0: NFT, I don't know, man I want to go to Japan so bad that I might fucking (laughs) Might consider Blue Harvest NFTs I don't know I don't even know what they would be you know what I could turn into an NFT? That picture of me, Rick, and Johnny from Chicago.
4: I'll draw you anime style. We can turn that into an NFT. We could uh, – I'll, I'll turn that, the the Weekend
0: at Bernie's picture from Ch- Celebration Chicago into an NFT, and that will get me like a 12th of the way to Japan. <laughs> or it might buy me like lunch. I get you to Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, probably not even there. Probably get me to Georgia.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Give me to the Delta hub.
0: Yeah, might get me to Georgia to fly out of Atlanta. Oh my goodness, Blue Harvest NFTs. Hmm,
4: man, the potential.
0: You know, I thought about it, and I didn't put any really real serious thought into it but I kind of wondered one day I was watching a podcast and they were talking about how much money ladies make from just selling pictures of their feet Mm -hmm. online whether it's like you know private sales or on OnlyFans and I was like Mm -hmm. you know what there is probably someone out there that is into like weird feet and I got a weird foot right like that is something I have I have a weird foot I got a little fucking Mm -hmm. Baby foot because of spina bifida. What if I just took what if I just started an OnlyFans for my weird foot? Like, I might even that might even be my username. And then you got to think that, like, the people that are into weird feet that content is probably harder to get a hold of. So, I could even like charge a premium for it, right? And, like, mm-hmm. You know, just get fancy with it like here's my foot on a drum stool. Here's my foot on Here's a... my
4: foot with a little sombrero.
0: Yeah, like here's my foot. Here's my weird foot on a Stormtrooper toaster. Um uh, here's
4: I don't know man, I don't think this ends any well any way that you like
0: uh with money for just pictures of my weird foot. Like you can't even. There are going to be some
4: weird requests of things to do to your little baby foot. Well,
0: and I'll take those as
4: they come along. Like, you know, can you imagine having to come home after work and perform with your little foot for your your uh, in your chat room hunting Um, for the if hunting for the uh,
0: if it gets
4: whatever the awards
0: are if it gets to the point where I don't have to work because I'm taking pictures of my that is my job. (laughs) myweirdfoot.com <laughs> like if that is my job buddy sign me the fuck up sign me if I could get to the point where I make as much as I do now just selling pictures of my foot I would take that in a heartbeat
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so maybe I'll start that up maybe I'll start that up and uh, that's how I'll get to Japan and then I don't have to sell I'm it newest. up
4: Newest foot fetish model on the scene. My weird foot.
0: <laughs> and they'll be like, God damn, that is a weird foot. And I'll be like, Ooh. DaddyBurkhart.com. N- no, no. Why would I put my name in it? Like, if it's just <laughs> about my weird foot, like, there's dozens of us out there with a weird oh, foot. Oh, it's
4: going to be a request to see your face.
0: And I'll say, No. I'll say, I will not do you that. Wear a mask i'm not you you won't you go wear a kitsune mask you'll never even need to do that because it's just gonna be pictures of my foot like i can take a picture of my foot with nothing else in the picture here's my foot stepping on a birthday cake squish pay me 50 (laughs) dollars do you want me to send you Oh man you know what else i'll sell i'll sell the socks That I wear on my weird foot.
4: Oh my goodness. They'll be
0: like, this guy really likes Adidas. Fucking get over it, new metal guy. Jeez. Sniffing my weird foot stocks. Oh, that foot smells weird. Smells tiny. (laughs) Oh, that's a little foot. That's going to be it for this week.
4: (laughs) I don't know how much more we should subject them to. Uh, if
0: uh, if you enjoy the show and let's be honest after the last 3 minutes how could how you, could you? not <laughs> leave us a five star review on iTunes if you enjoy our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music their stoned cobra and you can find them on iTunes Spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com if you like video games head on over to the High Potion podcast that I host with our buddy Steve. It's a good time. And we'll see you guys next week. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart.
4: And I'm Will Wooden.
0: May the Force be with you.
4: May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.